0: Learn how The Hartford can help your business at thehartford.com.
1: What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com slash Enterprise Data to learn more.
2: Next policy and perspective
3: from D.C.'s top names. There are a lot of things that we can do without putting boots on the ground.
1: There, then,
4: is a real question to be asked. Are we doing enough?
5: This year, we're finally getting together again. Happy, happy Easter. Bloomberg Sound On
2: with Joe Matthew on Bloomberg Radio. The war in Ukraine enters a new phase as Russia intensifies the bombing, President Zelensky says the battle for Donbass has begun. This amid a new call from Capitol Hill to put American ground troops on the table, welcome to the fastest hour in politics with the latest on the war. And the U.S. strategy ahead will be joined by Congressman John Katko, Republican from New York, ranking member on the House Homeland Security Committee. Analysis from the SoundOn signature panel coming off the weekend today with Bloomberg Politics contributors Jeannie Shanzano and Rick Davis. The latest from Ukraine is not good. As Russia increases missile fire across the country, Moscow claims it's hit hundreds of targets today, one of them in Lviv, as you likely know by now. That's only about 40 miles, 43 miles from Poland. It's become a base for refugees, for government officials, and for reporters. That's where you see a lot of the folks on TV coming from Lviv as opposed to Kiev or some of the other larger cities. Seven people were killed in this today. The first fatalities in that city so far in this war. Well, in Mariupol, it appears to be just a matter of time before the city falls to the Russians. Though the Ukrainian forces left there, and they have surprised us continuously, say they will not surrender enter Senator Chris Coons on Easter Sunday morning with visions of horrifying images in our heads, accusations of war crimes and genocide. The Democrat from Delaware who sits in the seat once held by Joe Biden, a close ally of the president, Senate Foreign Relations Committee comes out with it. What I personally thought was The most underreported story of the weekend, Senator Coons tells CBS's Face the Nation that we must start at least talking about the possibility of American ground troops in Ukraine. Here's how he put it.
5: I deeply worry that what's going to happen next is that we will see Ukraine turn into Syria. Mm -hmm. The American people cannot turn away from this tragedy in Ukraine. I think the history of the 21st century turns on how fiercely Mm -hmm. we defend freedom in Ukraine and that Putin will only stop when we stop him.
2: Putin will only stop when we stop him. It's not the first time he's gone there, Coons. Just never on Sunday morning TV, not on Easter Sunday. Reaction today from the White House just last hour. Press Secretary Jen Psaki, quote, we respectfully disagree, unquote. She said more than that, but that's the heart of the statement. All this as President Vladimir Zelensky declares, quote, the battle for Donbass has begun, unquote. And this is where we begin with Congressman John Katko, Republican from New York, the ranking member on the House Homeland Security Committee, who's back with us on Bloomberg Radio. Congressman, welcome back. I'm looking forward to asking you about your trip to the border last week, but I I need to start with Ukraine. Is the senator correct that we need to start having a conversation about American ground troops?
6: Um, Well, thanks for having me on again. I appreciate being here. And, you know, I I think it's premature, and I, I say it's premature because, we have to ask ourselves as a country, are we doing everything we can to support Ukraine without involving u s
3: troops mm-hmm.
6: and the answer is no we 're not it 's taking too much time to get the aid there uh, the, the President Biden waited till after the war started essentially to really provide the lethal aid that we 've been clamoring for for months prior to the invasion, and it 's not coming out in the way it should and there's, uh, there's we should do everything up to, including up to uh, providing um, uh u.s soldiers there mm-hmm. uh not not providing them there, but providing everything else we can do we're not doing enough of it yet and um when Zelensky gets on again and again and again and says we need more aid we need more aid yeah. and we did there in that regard shame on us as far as i'm concerned
2: well there's a lot more on the way and a lot of folks are asking congressman why we didn't do it earlier why weren't we staging uh equipment in areas to make this easier uh weeks ago when this begun when this began
6: well that's right i mean america's america's uh Uh, uh, considered the greatest uh, democracy in the world and the greatest power in the world. And uh, the greatest power in the world should have acted much quicker in getting this aid to him. That's exactly my point Uh, on the Republican side for six months or so prior to the actual invasion, we were advocating to arm them now and they didn't. And Zelensky said at the time, we'll take the aid now that the invasion started, but it's probably going to be too late. And that's a tragic thing.
2: This is said to be an important inflection point here. As the president the Zelensky said himself, the, the battle for Donbas has begun. Russia has been uh, emasculated, we'll say, in the outset of this invasion. Vladimir Putin has got a point to prove, and they appear to be doing that in the Donbas region and in Mariupol. If they, if they connect the dots there along the east and to the south, does Russia continue, congressmen, moving through the country, or do they call it a day at that point? Call it a win.
6: Well, I think he, he is desperately trying to have something about the, it by their big May Day celebration where they uh, that's their big celebration in May, where they have uh, all the t- the troops and tanks and weapons go through Red Square. Yep. And it, it's, it's about the, about the liberation of Russia in World War Two. He desperately wants to have a victory that he very well may cut his losses at that point and take the Donbass region and call it a day. Mm-hmm. But what he has really uh, uh, firmly established is that Russia is now a pariah on the world stage. And that's not going to change. And what he's firmly established is that NATO will be at its strongest point since World War II. So even if he claims victory in Donbass and calls it a day, it was an epic failure on Russia's part. It's a gamble that was that is not going to work. And I, I can't say it enough. The more we can arm, allow the, the Ukrainians to give them every weapon we can so they can defend themselves, I think yeah. that they can defeat Russia. No doubt about it.
2: Well, that would be a remarkable David and Goliath story here. The fact of the matter is, Congressman, as we get uh, more of these images and and more of these grisly stories uh, to, to people like what we saw in Bucha, what we've seen in Mariupol, the pressure on you and on the president to do more will only increase. Is it time to consider a new use of force authorization in the House?
6: Well, I, I don't think it's at that point yet, um, like I said. Uh, Not to
2: commit it, it, troops, by the way, and I don't mean to keep asking you the same question, but to maybe lay out the framework uh, for troops. Or, for instance, some progressives think that you should write one that that is explicit about the fact that troops will never be committed to Ukraine.
6: Oh, well, I don't think you can do that. I mean, I think the president made a colossal error of saying that up front to Russia, uh, because when he said that before Russia went in, Russia knew that it was going, uh, that they, they were going to have a free pass, if you will, that they weren't going to have, uh, uh, any intervention. I don't think you ever take anything off the table. And I think you're, to your point, you're right. You know, what is the red line? Let's establish a red line and say if mm-hmm. they cross a red line, then uh, game on. I think we have to have that. We should have that. So all parties know and no party will be surprised. Uh, so yeah, we should have that. But I liken what Biden did at the beginning. It's like when I do prosecute gang cases, federal, in cartels. Yeah. I would never go to a cartel or a gang ahead of time and say to them, hey, guys, I want you to stop what you're doing. I don't want you to do this. But just so you know, even if you do do it, I'm not going to prosecute you. Because <laughs> that's basically what Biden said to Russia at the beginning. That's and that's, quite... that's why Russia went in with impunity. That was a clause error in judgment. I mean, on a... was, we are where we are now, you know.
2: You're a ranking member on the Homeland Security Committee. And I know that you're focused uh, very closely and very concerned about the potential for a cyber uh, Attacked by Russia here in the U.S., you've put out an alert along with the FBI and others about reinforcing, hardening our defenses. Are we better prepared for that now than we were at the beginning of this war?
6: There's no question that people are are taking cybersecurity far more serious than they were before this war began, and I and I'm proud to say that Homeland Security has had a lot to do with it. Um, I have a lot of problems with the Biden administration. One of them is not a Homeland Security cyber a Cybersecurity Preparedness. They've mm-hmm. done a superb job, and they got good people in, in a leadership positions there. Uh, they have a thing called Shields Up at yep. Homeland Security in the, in the cybersecurity office, the CISA office, they call it. Yep. Um, and uh, you can go to Shields Up, any entity in the United States, any individual, and you can get guidance on how to make your system stronger. And what we've done with CISA, the, the cybersecurity arm, is to make sure that they're working better than they ever have before, with the private sector, making sure the private sector is as ready as possible, especially the critical infrastructure uh, subsets, to make sure they're ready as possible in case there is a cyber attack. And I think we can—we have to assume that there's going to be a cyber attack, and then be and have your shields up ready to roll. And that's mm-hmm. exactly what we're trying to do.
2: One thing I don't think you do approve of uh, very much is the the, the administration's policy uh, when it comes to immigration. I know you were along the border last week. Congressman, Title 42 is about to go away unless something is done. And I know even some Democrats are urging the administration to extend 42. Uh, is that the right move now, or are you looking for a more comprehensive approach?
6: Yeah, I don't mean you to be a smart, Alec, but they don't have a policy with respect to the border. Right. and They don't have a plan with respect to the border other than to say, come on in. They are. It is incredible what they've been doing there i started my career as a federal prosecutor in 1994 going after cartels in el paso and i'm intimately familiar with the border i've never seen it this bad um i went down again last week to meet with all the border sheriffs from california to texas and democrats republicans uh, didn't matter they were uniformly uh adamant that the biden administration is destroying the the integrity of the border and that if and when title 42 is revoked that they will be, uh, they will lose operational control of the border. That means they won't be able to stop anything coming in because they're going to be over completely overwhelmed. And that to me is a, uh, it's a, it's a stunning, stunning uh, well, turn of events.
2: For a nation at war here, if this is something that, that, that Democrats and Republicans want to handle, why not do away with the COVID rule, the health rule 42, and put something new in place here to keep foreign combatants out of the country?
6: Well, they used to do that, and, and we've been clamoring for them to do that. And, you know, Don't forget, uh, on January 20th, when President Biden took over, not only did he uh, um, uh, he, he basically changed a complete tone and tenor of border security, he revoked Remain in Mexico policy, and he's fought with the courts ever since to try and revoke it. Um, and uh, now Title 42 is another one of the weapons that they use.
2: Can you to, extend uh, it?
6: through the deportations. And, and they, they can be extended. Of course it can be, but... It's not going to be. It's amazing to me when you think about it. Um, you have to get on an airplane, uh, other than that court ruling today, yeah. uh, and wear a mask <laughs> because of what CDC is saying. But then CDC is saying, well, uh, the COVID is not as much of an issue at the border, so yeah. uh, we can't use Title 42 anymore. It's ridiculous. Well,
2: I appreciate your answering my questions, Congressman. And we'd like to stay in touch with you on all things cyber and what you're up to as ranking member of the Homeland Security Committee. That's Congressman John Katko of New York. We assemble the panel next. I'm Joe Matthew. This is Bloomberg.
4: You're listening to Bloomberg Sound
2: On with Joe Matthew on Bloomberg Radio. Do you think Senator Coons is telling his friend President Biden the same thing he said on Sunday morning TV, but it's time to at least start the conversation about possibly using American ground troops to stop the horrors in Ukraine, to stop Putin? If he did, if he's telling the president that he's not getting very far. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki was asked about it today, just last hour. Here's what she said.
7: What I would say is, one, Senator Coons is a close friend of the president's and the administration, and we just respectfully disagree with his proposal. Um, The president continues to, uh, has no plans to send troops to fight a war with Russia. He doesn't think that's in our national security interests, in the interests of the American people.
2: And as you just heard, Republican Congressman John Katko says, no, that's too far. Everything short of that, yes. But well, let's assemble the panel and get their take. Bloomberg Politics contributors Jeannie Shanzano and Rick Davis are with us. I'm glad to say Jeannie as a Democrat. Are you surprised this is coming from your side of the aisle, not to mention from the mild-mannered gentleman from Delaware?
4: You know, I'm really not, you know, I was struck as we heard uh, today, this, the Ukrainian Vatican ambassador released this letter from this Marine from Maripol, where he said to the Pope in this very, very, um, you know, heartbreaking letter, he said, this is what hell on earth looks like. And we need more than just prayers to save us. This is what people like the senator are hearing. And I'm sure, to your point, he's sharing that with the president, but I'm not at all surprised that he is going on Easter Sunday on TV and saying, we need to have a discussion about if and when Mm -hmm. we act you know he you know the president has as we've talked about called this genocide and war crimes well at what point do you put troops on the ground i understand the reason for not doing that but a senator calling for discussions on that point republican or democrat doesn't surprise me at all
2: are republicans talking about this away from the cameras and microphones rick how come chris coons appears to be carrying this right now
3: Well, other Republicans, I think, have been uh, a little bit coy about whether or not they would, you know, take up the arms and put put boots on the ground. And I think it was an extraordinary thing and, and frankly, heavily underreported. I'm glad you brought it up today. Because this is a groundbreaking thing. It's not like John McCain talking about putting boots on the ground. This is his friend, you know, Chris Coons, who's a Democrat from Delaware sitting yeah. in the president's seat. And yeah. and your point of, you know, has he talked to the president? Well, he did on Sunday, and he did it through a television show. Um, <laughs> Fair we, enough. We don't know if he's had private conversations, but he sent a missile over to the White House, and it was received, obviously, poorly by the uh, press secretary's <laughs> comments today. So yeah. I think this is going to enter into a new dialogue look you know we've we've had other wars that we call genocide you know the bosnian wars and we flew planes and bombed you know troops that were performing genocide That's what's right. the difference
2: well i guess the difference is what this could lead to right genie uh, this is supposed to be you know we're never going to go to war with russia but here we are at the 18th of april fast forward a month fast forward even for let's say it's the 30th of may and this business is going on and we're seeing cities crumble and hearing these horrifying stories how long can the administration resist the calls what i am assuming that will grow louder to add troops
4: it's going to be very, very difficult. And, and you know, the difference is, of course, that we're talking about Russia. And, you know, we are hearing over and over from Zelensky and others that they may use tactical nuclear weapons. And, yeah. you know, you, you talked about cyber attacks. That's one thing. But, but you know, as the president has said over and over, if we put boots on the ground, we are at a war that okay, is World yeah. War Three with Russia. So, you know, that is the difference. It's a huge difference. And, of course, the United States should never enter any Of these things, uh, you know, in in this way alone. But but the discussion has got to be had, and the president has got to be leading it. And I would be very surprised if Chris Coons went out on Easter Sunday and said this without talking privately to President Biden. Rick, we just
2: keep hearing about how uh, how debilitated the Russian military is. How they're on their heels, they're vulnerable. They don't have the supplies to fix their 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 tanks. They they're not buying uh, new planes. They're not building new missiles. Wouldn't this be the very moment for America to show up? And and I'm not saying that this is what we should be doing, but this would be the easiest fight we would probably be presented, no?
3: Look, the, the, the fight that's on the ground now, which is clearly different than what we were anticipating 60 days ago when they were massing these troops on the border and everybody, the talking heads in Washington were all, like, oh, my God, Kiev's going to fall in five days.
2: Right. Well,
3: yeah. you know, we're moving into the 60th day and and, and they are now severely constrained in their, their strategy. It's no longer to occupy the entire country. It's no longer for regime change. It's to basically create a land bridge for uh, uh their ability to get uh, mm-hmm. fa- facilities and supplies, uh, into into that part of Ukraine. So um, the question now is, do we just do what we're doing, which is continuously resupply and continue to give heavier and, and more lethal aid to the Ukrainians and, and, and see they do the best and give... I mean, like it, the message that I'm hearing is give up Mar- Maripol yep. uh, to the Russians. And and I don't think the Ukrainians want to do that. They've shed a lot of blood and treasure Absolutely. to try and keep this from happening. And, and I, th- I think, you know, we have to actually do... Uh, What is in the best interest of Ukraine? And we have to listen to the Ukrainians to know what that is.
2: I asked uh, the congressman uh, Jeannie about this. Do you think that if if Putin gets the Donbass, gets Mariupol, gets his land bridge to Crimea based on the massive losses he's taking, uh, does he wrap it up at that point?
4: Uh, You know, it's so hard to imagine what he could possibly be thinking. And I think there is a thought that perhaps he will take that and go, but you can't bank on that. And there is a school of thought that said, you know, as this battle for Donbass has started, that it's going to decide the future of of Europe and the world. And so I wouldn't bank on him walking away if and when he takes anything.
2: Rick Davis, Jeannie Shanzano, our signature panel on the Monday edition of Sound On. We're just getting started here as we turn as well. Rick and Jeannie will be back to tax day. Jafile, we'll talk to Laura Davison about it and the backlog that is hanging over the IRS. It's next on Sound On. This is Bloomberg.
0: Your industry is unique. It faces its own challenges and risks that set it apart. That means choosing just any insurance company just won't cut it. You need a company with extensive experience in specialized insurance. At The Hartford, we take pride in knowing the ins and outs of your industry and helping provide coverage that suits your needs. The Hartford offers insurance solutions that help mid to large sized businesses like yours effectively manage risk from liability and property insurance to workers comp and more.
5: Start your journey at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com.
2: Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. The backlog will last the rest of the year. That word recently from the commissioner of the IRS, Charles Reddick, told lawmakers in a committee hearing in the House tens of millions of tax returns that we have talked about on this program that have yet to be graced by an agent will be clear by the end of 2022. This is what he said March 18th in that hearing.
5: As of today, barring any unforeseen circumstances, COVID, et cetera, et cetera, but if the world stays as it is today, we will be what we call healthy by the end of calendar year 22 and enter the 23 filing season uh, with normal inventories. Healthy is through the eyes of the taxpayer.
2: I can't imagine any would refer so the agency is healthy. And on this tax day, we wanted to get to this because, first, remember, we were warned before that testimony and we're warned over the course of weeks from the White House you better file early, file early, file electronically, double check because your return's going to be late. They don't have the people and they don't have the funding. But of course, a lot has changed since then. And it's always a pleasure to speak with Bloomberg Congress reporter Laura Davison, who is our authority. On issues of taxes, we've got the headlines on SALT today as well. So we wanted to bring Laura on to sound on. And Laura, it's great to have you here with us. Uh, Fascinating story from you on the terminal. Taxpayers get crypto jolt in otherwise shockingly normal season. I thought this was supposed to be the not normal season once again.
7: Yeah, that's how the season started out. You know, the IRS, Treasury Department were warning, hey, this is going to be a really rough filing season. You know, make sure that your everything is is you have your ducks in a row and everything is accurate and that you do it all electronically because the agency just doesn't have the capacity to take on more paper right now. But. Mm-hmm. Um, But it actually has turned out to be okay. They were able to hire a lot more staff. Some of that staff is still coming on board, Um, but they didn't have any sort of big external factors that have been the issues in the past couple of years. Uh, Closures from the pandemic or even before the pandemic, there was a government shutdown leading up to the uh, filing season. So some of the big dramatic things that have happened didn't happen this year and while things are still rough they still have you know some paper returns that have been sitting in bins around the agency uh for two years in some cases uh things there's at least a an end date uh, um on there where the commissioner says things will be back to to normal
2: right so it sounds like we've got two different buckets here that backlog is still very real it exists they're working through it but it's not it's not spilling over into this year's bucket people are actually going to get their returns on time is that right
7: Yes. And so that, I mean, sort of yes, with a little asterisk, if, you know, if people who filed, uh, you know, digitally, you know, didn't send the agency paper, they filed, uh, they filed their um, returns electronically, and they asked for the the um, the money to come back to them through direct deposit really they're seeing no problems um, in mm-hmm. terms of, of processing it's when there ne- there's a problem either some data doesn't match up with what the irs thinks you have and it needs to go to someone who has to manually review it or you know if this or something was filed on paper mailed in that's sure. where the delays are kicking in
2: did the irs wake up to crypto this year
7: uh yeah this has really been something that's been brewing at the agency for several years uh but just as crypto has exploded Uh, you know, in terms of the people who are investing in it, they're really realizing for the first time this year that the IRS wants some information on this. They um, ask on the tax return. Everyone gets asked, you know, have you invested in crypto? And all of these transactions need to be reported. So this was a big surprise for a lot of people who, uh, you know, maybe bought crypto over the pandemic and maybe have traded a little bit and now need to pay the the IRS. And it's uh, it can be complicated, especially if you know you're you're filing your taxes this past weekend and, and realize there's a bunch of data you need to hand over.
2: By the way, Laura uh, reporting, this is from the IRS, the average tax refund. Are you getting a refund? Up 10% to $3,175. So you might want to talk to your accountant about why you owe the IRS. How about this salt headline? Uh, today. Laura, we talked about this all throughout Build Back Better. It never happened. New York salt cap challenge rejected by Supreme Court. What does that mean for the future of the the cap? $10,000 cap?
7: Well, it really means that the courts aren't going to be able to turn over this uh, ten thousand dollar cap that was put into place uh, back in twenty seventeen in the big Republican tax law that year. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, Congress is still at least contemplating doing something about salt. Um, the the question about you know having a more generous salt deduction has been part of the conversations since Democrats really started putting together that Build Back bill Build Back Better bill last year. Yeah. Obviously, that stalled in the Senate. Really unclear if or how or when that moves forward and if SALT will be a part of that. But that's really the last remaining chance for people who are hoping to be able to write off more of their uh, state and local taxes. Everyone in in uh, New York, New Jersey, Maryland, uh, yeah. you know, are watching that closely.
2: Josh Gottheimer, take note, right? Um, with regard to the rest of this, it's, you know, it's really something that the president has proposed not only taxing unrealized gains that I don't think a lot of people took that seriously, uh, Laura, in his uh, budget for next year. But also reiterated proposals to increase the corporate tax rate and and taxes on higher income earners' households. I believe over over four hundred thousand dollars. Is all of this doa in a midterm election year?
7: Well, uh, Biden has two problems. Uh, and when it comes to taxing unrealized gains, Joe Manchin has said he's not cool with that. And when it yeah. comes to higher rates. Kirsten Cinema has said she's not on board with that. And with a 50-50 <laughs> okay. Senate, that means those two ideas are out. There's some other things that the president has proposed dealing with international taxation, doing more audits of the wealthy, having a minimum tax for corporations that does have the support, mm-hmm. uh, seemingly, of all 50 senators. Uh, but some of those big ideas that he's been talking about, uh, you know, looking like that will be uh, another problem for another day. Right. And and Not something this year.
2: So we get through next November. We file taxes next spring. You and I are talking about the same tax rates a year from today.
7: That is highly likely. You know, there may be some changes. uh, And particularly, you know, for crypto, uh, there will definitely be some changes coming in next year of more reporting requirements for folks. Uh, But in terms of, you know, the top rate, which is right now at 37 percent, looking like that will be the same next year.
2: Got it great conversation as ever with laura davison thank you so much laura bloomberg congress reporter with us here on bloomberg sound on and i'll point you to her story taxpayers get crypto jolt and otherwise shockingly normal season were you surprised to see that return three thousand thirty one hundred bucks basically up nine point nine percent from last year Teach you to buy and trade crypto. We'll assemble the panel next and talk about it with Rick and Jeannie, Bloomberg Politics contributors Jeannie Chantano and Rick Davis, on the day the mask mandate is also struck down. Are you flying anytime soon? We'll talk to the panel about what it means for this administration right here on Bloomberg. You're listening to Bloomberg Sound On with Joe Matthew on Bloomberg Radio. As we reassemble the panel on this tax day, reading on the terminal, the backlog of paper returns at the IRS hit a high watermark of 24 million this year. As you heard a moment ago from the IRS commissioner, they'll have that down to what they consider normal, less than a million by the end of the year. And of course, you know what that means. As Laura Davison writes, the IRS will then be in a better position to step up audits of the wealthy as advocated by progressive Democratic lawmakers. We reassemble the panel with Bloomberg Politics contributors Rick Davis and Jeannie Shantzano. They're going to get that money from the wealthy one way or the other here, it seems like, Rick. But a lot of the proposals that we have heard about uh, over the past, gosh, even just six to nine months, when you think of the infrastructure law, when you think of Build Back Better, when you think of the budget just dropped, repeated attempts by this president to make good on campaign promises to get more tax money out of the wealthy and to increase the corporate tax rate have fallen flat so far. How come?
3: Well, I think one thing is there are many Democrats, and I think Chris Sinema is one, who actually believe that the Trump tax cuts uh, from his last term help the economy. And so why would they want to pile on new tax cuts at a time when the economy is fragile? And so when you've got people in your own party thinking that way, you're probably not going to get a long way through a uh, a big tax increase. And, yeah. and as you point out to Laura, especially not during an election year. Mm-hmm.
2: You'd think it would be good politics, Jeannie. Joe Biden goes out there holding an event, talk about making the IRS healthy again. But the world just doesn't work that way, does it?
4: it doesn't and and you know I, I'm listening to this backlog and as the IRS commissioner is talking um, and you know this is just so it's Congress's attempts to clean up the IRS and then of course the president's attempts to make the wealthy pay they've all fell flat as Rick just said and you were talking about with Lord they're not going to get done this year and yet we look at everything that needs to happen in this country just starting with infrastructure and moving forward you've got to have a way to pay for those things so there is going to be a stalemate and i love how the commissioner said you know provided everything is healthy etc etc i mean that etc just hung in my ear because (laughs) i I, i'm not holding my breath on any of this yeah
2: outgoing commissioner by the way (laughs) Uh, i need to ask you both about the mask mandate this was a screamer a redhead earlier in the day mask mandate for u.s planes trains voided by federal judge. This came from a court in Florida, a Trump-appointed judge dealing a blow to Biden administration efforts. As I read, wearing a mask cleans nothing, judge writes of U.S. position. We've done some great reporting. If you want to read the the background on this case, uh, district judge in Tampa making this ruling, it was brought up. First question, as you would predict at today's White House briefing. Here's how Press Secretary Jen Psaki reacted for the administration.
7: So this is obviously a disappointing decision. The CDC continues recommending wearing a mask in public transit. Uh, as you know, this just came out this afternoon. So right now, the Department of Homeland Security, uh, who would be implementing, and the CDC are reviewing the decision. And, of course, the Department of Justice uh, would make any determinations about litigation.
2: So that, that review is, is very important here. We don't know. It's not like the masks are coming off right now. We, there's got to be another leg to this story here. The first thing I I wondered is what the flight attendants thought of this. Remember, we had Sarah Nelson on. Gosh, it was a good week, a month or two ago, president of the Association of Flight Attendants. uh, The biggest union uh, representing those workers testified about safety, testified about payroll protection and a number of issues on Capitol Hill and talked to us passionately about the hell they're going through, you know, with assaults and just the, the lack of any normal behavior on airliners and it frequently comes down to masks and it's usually people intoxicated a statement from sarah nelson quote immediately we urge calm and consistency in the airports and on planes the last thing we need for workers on the front lines or passengers traveling today is confusion and chaos rick this doesn't sound good good. uh how are they going to implement this and by by the way if you bring this down you're never putting it back on right
3: well, oh, I, th- I think that's right. I think we've already seen mass mandates fall at the state level and it's highly unlikely they're going to be put back in. Uh, we, we're, we're blessed by not having a big surge right now. So this debate is less toxic from a healthcare perspective than yeah. it might otherwise be. But look, the CDC extension on the mask mandate only goes to May 3rd. We're 10, yeah. we're two weeks away. Um, I think everybody needs to take a deep breath. If, if, if not having a mask on is your preference and, and it makes you calmer on an airplane, I'm for calm right now. I'd trade that uh for a little extra exposure i'm still going to wear a mask on an airplane because i think all these other people might have germs anyway i don't want to get a cold i don't want to get the flu actually mass work
2: there's a lot to be said for that genie i think the my my concern is this this sort of uh temporary confusion people are going to see that headline and you know that's that's just the word they were waiting for to rip off the mass and maybe experts agree that's the right thing to do but before there's an official uh, policy on this. It's going to be tough on flight attendants on on any airline crew dealing with reality.
4: That's right. You know, one of the things in the wake of this New York City subway uh, shooting that that occurred last week has been the MTA workers speaking out, just like the flight attendants, about the amount of turmoil, chaos, frustration that people yep. riding the subways feel. A lot of that coming from mask mandates. <laughs> and I, I was thinking while I was reading this that, of course, they're going to be dealing with that on top of everything, just like the flight attendants. And you know, one of the interesting things, that, things about this decision is, is the judge said it's in. Disputable. the public has a strong interest in combating the spread of COVID-19, but because this wasn't executed according to proper rules, it's going to be rescinded. And so that, I think, is inviting a challenge by the Justice Department. It's a, it's hard. You, you know, we don't know if, if they will do that, yes. but in the meantime, chaos will reign while people wait and or frustrated by being told by somebody that they have to wear a mask knowing this decision has been made.
2: You mentioned uh, the subway. You're right. The the uh, spokesman for the MTA, uh, Tim Mitten, is name, you on Bloomberg. We are continuing to follow CDC guidelines and we'll review the Florida court order. Uh, it's going to be a couple of days, maybe longer, Rick, before we figure this out.
3: Yeah, I think there will be turmoil. I mean, it's very understandable what the the traveling public is going through, and what those who facilitate that travel have to deal with now. But at the end of the day, I think you're really talking about seeing the end of this mass mandate. Uh, Clearly, some industries. I think uh, the theater district uh, has imposed a mass mandate. to the end of may hmm. some industries will say for the health and safety of our people we're going to do this and, and on right. an ad hoc basis that's fine i do think this is another example of the cdc sort of being behind the curve huh. right i mean when they extended their mass mandate nationally for all public transport to May 3rd. They, they should be revisiting that on a weekly basis. They should take into consideration changes in different places around the country. And um, I, so much of this was done based on foreign travelers coming into the United States. And those those mandates, those testing requirements can stay in place. But for domestic travel within the United States, I just think that the CDC has been consistently behind the curve.
2: The rationale by the judge, uh, the ruling is is fascinating. Uh, judge Catherine Kimball Mizell, again, this is Tampa, Florida. An appointee of former President Trump, ruled the CDC had incorrectly described the mask mandate as a form of sanitation to justify its authority in the matter. "Quote: Wearing a mask cleans nothing," Mizell wrote. "At most, it traps virus droplets, but it neither sanitizes the person wearing the mask." or sanitizes the conveyance genie this comes down to semantics then
4: It does to a certain extent. And she also again said, we have a strong public interest in combating the spread and that she said that is indisputable. And that's why they issued the mandate. Mm -hmm. You know, let's not forget the politics of this. She's nominated by Trump. She is given a not qualified rating, which is fairly rare by the ABA. And yet she assumes the the bench. And so as you watch this, this come down, there's been a lot of discussion in social media about the politics surrounding Mm -hmm. this. And of course, you mentioned she's sitting in a bench and Florida,
2: Rick. If the CDC uh, has been behind on this, what does that say about President Biden, who who walked confidently into the House chamber for the State of the Union address without wearing a mask weeks ago?
3: Yeah, I mean, it's just Congress dropped their mask mandate, um, and and this is kind of my point: is that when you see the leaders of our country saying it's safe for us to assemble in a chamber of you know uh, four or five hundred people. Um, But we can't do that in an airport. We can't actually do that in a train. Uh, public transportation anywhere uh, yeah. without a mask. So look, I mean, one of the other things that this mandate has done is it's put onto transport workers the requirement to detain and quarantine people. They've never had to do that before. No. You know, if you're not wearing a mask, it's part of the traveler's dilemma, right? You're, what are you going to do? Uh, you're going to be quarantined on the plane or you're going to be kicked off. You're going to be you know, told not to ride the subway if, yep. if you're not willing to take a mask on and and that's a job that the they were not paid for not equipped to do and probably not that well trained to handle they've had to figure it out on their own and i think that's a too much to put on to people who are uh you know really there to serve the public not to not yeah. to detain them
2: yeah it's a nightmare and as somebody who's been on planes internationally as well and trains in the last week the trains genie we're actually enforcing the mask mandate more aggressively than the airplanes were, which I found interesting. That's just one person's experience, but Amtrak has not been messing around on this. Is there any chance, by the way, I think all the airlines were counted as wanting to do away with the mandate, but is this a business opportunity? What if it's the all-masking airline? It's their call to do it, right, Jeannie?
4: It, it, they could do it, and I, too, was on an Amtrak, and they are very serious about the mask oh, God, mandate. So, out the window. Yeah, I mean, we'll see if it's a business proposition, if they can make some money. You know, there. Are There's a a group of people who in this country who really want people masked so maybe we see something like i don't know those grocery stores that open at five for you know people that are seniors we'll see an (laughs) ability to travel is
2: all masks only rick (laughs) would you invest in that airline
3: uh no okay
2: (laughs) rick davis genie shanzano the masks are coming down the fastest hour in politics i can barely keep up with it And glad you were here with us. We'll meet you back here tomorrow at the same time. Even earlier, I'll see you on Surveillance with Tom Keen and Company. This is Bloomberg.
0: Your industry is unique. It faces its own challenges and risks that set it apart. That means choosing just any insurance company just won't cut it. At The Hartford, we take pride in knowing the ins and outs of your industry and help provide solutions that suit how you do business from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. At The Hartford, we don't just talk about specialization, we live it. Learn how The Hartford can help your business at thehartford.com.
1: What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis,